Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Troy Ferguson. Now, many of you know, Pastor Jim has mentioned this, um, citywide sermon series. And some people think, what in the world is, is that all about, a citywide sermon series? Is every church being identical in what they're preaching? No. Uh, but the topic, the overall topic, is something that we have come together collectively to pray through. And, and when we're doing this, we are looking at what God wants to do in our city through the multiple denominations and churches. And today, we're actually talking about the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and pull that up, McKenna. What, I, what we have there is we have logos from the different churches that are actually talking about this today. And this is... The, uh, the topic of the Holy Spirit is interesting because we as Pentecostals feel that we understand the Holy Spirit. And we, we have a, a grasp on the Holy Spirit that maybe other denominations or beliefs don't. At least that's what we thought or taught growing up. You see, because in, in Scripture, in Acts 2-4, what's it tell us? It tells us that they were, uh, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability also, we have in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Paul says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And then we can go a little further in 1 Corinthians 14 and, and says, I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than you all. So a lot of times we look at the message of the Holy Spirit is all about tongues. And understand, tongues is significant. We teach that as a, a Bible-based understanding of, of Pentecostalism, but I want to just tell you something today, and this might rock your theology a little bit. Now, remember, I'm, I'm, I'm not the pastor, so I'm a little uneducated. So, you know, if I say something that's inappropriate, Pastor Jim, Pastor Jim will, will fix it next week. But let me just say this. If the totality of your mentality of the Holy Spirit is about speaking in tongues, it's incomplete. For years, we have taught that to, the Holy Spirit is about getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And then we kind of leave it there. But the reality of it is, that is part of the experience. But it is part, and it is not complete. So the, the teaching that I'm going to go through today is, is more about the, the fullness or the totality of the Holy Spirit and not just the experience or the, what we refer to as the evidence, the physical evidence of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. It is valuable. It is important. I do it. I practice it. I would encourage all of you, just like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. But we're going to take it a little broader perspective and understanding what God wants to do through the Holy Spirit today in your life and my life. Amen? All right. The first thing I want to talk about, receiving from the Holy Spirit. Receiving from the Holy Spirit. There's a few different aspects that we're going to get into today. The first thing, receiving. Let's take a look at the Scripture. John 14 says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. This is Jesus saying this. If you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Let's look at that. Another advocate. Some, some uh, translations say a comforter uh, or an intercessor, helper. The different uh, terms used for this have a very similar meaning. Uh, 
the one that I see the most frequent and is most accurate to the original language is advocate. And the thing that I like about this is if you look at this, it says another advocate. He doesn't just say, I will send an advocate. He says another advocate. What, that, what does that mean? That Jesus initially was our first advocate. And then as he is removed, as he is taken up into heaven, he will send another, which we refer to as the Holy Spirit, another advocate. So what does the word advocate mean? Take a look at this. Supporter, backer, protector, champion. This is the role, the initial role we're talking about here today, this is the role of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says, keep my commands, and I will send you an advocate, this is what that advocate does on our behalf. So what do we, how do we receive that? What does that mean? We need to understand that, that it's not about what we conjure up or what we work towards what we do, but the Holy Spirit is, is available to us to bring comfort, to bring peace, to bring, to bring um, hope. He is a supporter. You know, today in, in, our, in our culture, we talk about, a lot about needing support, a support system. Well, really, we need a single support, and that is the Holy Spirit. We'll get into that a little more. Let's take a look a little more. John, this is John 14. John 15 says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Another place in Scripture that Jesus is referring to, this advocate, this, this person who will go on our behalf. I would even, uh, as, I, as I study this, I would even go to say, in a sense, as, as our uh, defense attorney, our lawyer. Sometimes an advocate is someone who actually stands up for us publicly, stands up for, for us and, 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 uh, to the, to the uh, one who would give judgment, to the one who would come to, to uh, bring bring uh, problems and issues. He is that advocate. He is that defender on our behalf. So when the advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out to the Father, he will testify about me. This is all about pointing back to Jesus. It's all about pointing back to Jesus. If the advocate comes to point to who we are and how good we are, then we're missing it. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, comes that we have that resource always pointing back to Jesus. Let's look at another scripture over in 16. But verily, very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus right here is telling his followers and telling us that it is necessary for him to go away. This is, this is right before uh, the, we, we, we see the, the story about when Jesus is removed and, and we have the uh, the crucifixion and, and, and that, whole, that whole story. Jesus is telling his disciples, it is necessary for, for me to go away. Now, if you can imagine in that day, in that time, it might have been challenging for them to accept this because they were living in that moment. That experience they had with Jesus, they wanted that to last as long as possible. But Jesus says, actually, for, for the completeness in your life, in my life, and for life of generations to come, I must go away. When I go, I will send someone the advocate on your behalf. So, a moment ago I talked about the support system and having a support group. Um, 
You know, sometimes we look at the Holy Spirit and uh, we don't look at that as a support system or a support group. Matter of fact, many times when we look at, at support groups, we look, okay, I just need, I need somebody to help me get back on my feet so I can be strong again, so I can be independent again. And many times when you're part of a group or a support group that is, that is helping you through an issue, whatever it might be, it might be alcohol, drugs, gambling, it might be diff- a variety of different things for people that they have different groups that help them get through things and help them develop but there, there's a mentality that, okay, I need to develop to the point that I can stand strong on my own. But the reality of the, the Holy Spirit isn't just someone that we, we at times rely on or at times is our support system. Matter of fact, it, it's significant, it's necessary that we are codependent on the Holy Spirit. Because if we ever become independent of the Holy Spirit then we're going to have lots and lots of problems. And sometimes we have a mentality that I can do this on my own. But the reality of it is the Holy Spirit is necessary, and because of him, we must depend on him. You know, A.W. Tozer made a quote. It says this. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Now, this is something from a gentleman by the name of A.W. Tozer wrote, and, and people are probably thinking, yeah, the way the culture is today, the way the millennials are today, that's why all this performance and all this, he wasn't talking about today. He died in 1963. So when he said this, he said this in the, 50s or 60s about the culture of the church in that time period. Is it relevant today? Absolutely. But understand this. What he's saying there, that we become so uh, familiar with the way things should be and the way things should go that we no longer depend on the Holy Spirit to lead us. We do it out of our memory, our experience. We make decisions based upon things that we've done before or said before. That worked last time I did this, so I'm going to do it again. And can I just tell you, worship leaders do this all the time. Boy, the Spirit moved when we did that song, you know, three weeks ago. I think we're going to do it again. That doesn't mean that what God did in that moment, that he's going to duplicate that just because we based our decision on a previous experience. And just like that with worship leaders, we can do the same kind of thing. Well, I felt the Lord leading me in this direction, and last time I did that, it worked. So I'm going to do that exact same thing. Ask Moses how that works out. (laughs) Anyway, receiving from the Holy Spirit is often done in an unexpected way. We can pray. We can seek him. And we, we desire a certain result. That, that's okay. But if, if, if I challenge you with anything today, let me just say that when we seek the Holy Spirit for an answer to a situation, that we just say, Father, here's what's going on. You know my heart. You know what's going on. And we need you to intervene however necessary. Because a little too often, and maybe, maybe none of you do this, I'll just speak for myself. A little too often I say, you know, Father, if you would move through the Holy Spirit in this specific fashion, this would be wonderful. Not, not that way, or not this way, but in, the, in this way. That's the way that I feel would be 
perfect for you to move, and, and um, I would like you to respond in that way. Anybody else ever have that kind of prayer? All right. All right, so I'm not totally out there on my own on this. Receiving from the Holy Spirit will be different than maybe we expected. Also, receiving from the Holy Spirit and understanding the Holy Spirit will be different for you than it is for me. Just because God speaks to you through a situation, through the Holy Spirit, he might speak something very unique and different to me. As a matter of fact, let me just say that what God speaks through the Holy Spirit to me today is different than how he spoke through a similar situation five years ago. You know, we, we talk about when the Holy Spirit speaks, and, and we think of this mystic uh, thing that we, we hear, or we, you know, sometimes it's not that way. You know, God speaks through the Holy Spirit through the reading of his word. Many times, Jesus uh, puts out a variety of different aspects and teachings and commands and suggestions, if you will, for a better life throughout his parables. And what we need to do is when we read that, say, okay, how does that apply to me today? Okay, when Jesus talks about farming, maybe I'm not a farmer, but I can take the, the principles that Jesus reveals and, and allow the Holy Spirit to say, this is what it means for me today. So he speaks through the word. So if you're not reading the word, he's not speaking through the word. I'll just let that alone. Now what we like is we like, we like God to the still small voice. We, we like when God speaks and, and it's, it's that, that mystic uh, something that we hear in, in the atmosphere and, and, and because it's easy. You know, we don't have to work at, at reading the Word and, and, and digging into the Word and studying the Word, but we just want to sit back and listen. He does reveal himself that way, but l- let me just tell you, I believe that, that whenever we're digging into the Word and understanding the Word and understanding the principles in the Word, then in the moments that he speaks to us, aside from what is written, we understand it, we have a better grasp of it, we can move better because of it, because of our understanding of the Word. And then, of course, we know that the, the, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, speaks through other people. Oh, we like that too. When someone can give me a prophetic word where I don't have to get my word myself, I can just get it from Pastor Andre or Luke Holter, or I can get it from someone else, that, that's, that's great for me. It's significant, it's used, and God uses it, But if we are relying on that to be our sole source of allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, here again, we are incomplete. So recognize that God will work in a mighty way through different people, through different aspects, through different situations. Today, as I mentioned, we're we're talking about the Holy Spirit in multiple churches and and one of the things that I've done is I looked at different videos and things that I, I wanted to see if uh, the Holy Spirit moved in, in a situation that um, was unexpected. So let me show you this video clip from a story we did on Join the City about that exact thing. So I, I uh, asked God, I said, I don't normally do this, but God, I don't want to get ahead of you. I don't want to be behind you. If it's time to actually move forward on this lion heart dream of mine, would you have somebody this week have a meeting with me? And in that meeting, would they give me $1,000 for this project? But I'm not going to arrange for the meeting or ask. And that's a tall order. I don't normally do that kind of thing with God. But 
that week, nothing happened, no meetings, no whatever. And then uh, Wednesday afternoon, I got a call from an accountant. Hey, I want to have lunch with you. And I thought, this is it. Jesus is doing it. It was an accountant who could probably do that kind of money with his firm or whatever. And we went and we had lunch and he asked what I was up to. And I thought, here's my opportunity to share my vision for Lionheart. I did. He thought it was wonderful. He paid for lunch and that was the end of our meeting. And I, I went home and I threw up my hands and I said, Jesus, you kind of missed it. <laughs> that was your chance. And, <laughs> and uh, I wanted yes, but I, I got to be willing to hear no. And uh, the very next day, I was out doing some shopping for the ministry and my wife said, honey, where, she called me on the phone, where are you? There's these, these uh, ladies drove up from Bedford and they want to meet you at the door. I'm like, okay. And some people think I'm there 24 hours a day. I, I don't live there and my office isn't in that building because every room is for the kids. So I, I went to meet them and uh, they were very nice. Uh, they were senior citizen ladies. I had preached at their church in Bedford that Sunday and um, they weren't there. They, they watched it on the internet and then the one told the other lady to watch it on the internet and that very day they got in their car and drove up and said, we gotta meet this guy. So they came to the door and they helped me make dinner and they were, they were kind of in the way a little bit because uh, it's a small kitchen, I'm used to doing everything. I was by myself then, Seth wasn't on staff and uh, they wanted to help and I'm like, I really love you, you're sweet, but at four o'clock or three o'clock every day, the door is like Grand Central Station. There's 30 to 50 kids, I gotta make dinner and I don't really have time to tour the building and meet with supporters and they were there for a good hour. They helped me make dinner and everything else, got it done. Well, those ladies, shortly afterwards, we made dinner and they turned to go. And one lady turned around and handed me a few dollars in my hand. I think it was like 50 bucks. She said, this is just for your ministry. God bless you guys. And uh, she said, we left my husband out in the car and he has dementia, so we better go. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, he's been out there for almost 90 minutes. I hope he was okay. Um, nothing happened bad. The other lady stopped, turned around, and uh, got out her checkbook. And I hadn't mentioned the meeting. I hadn't mentioned what I had prayed about. She put her checkbook on the counter. She wrote out a check for $1,000. That was not the meeting I asked for. That was not how I envisioned Jesus would do it. But he did it. You know, there are times that we have situations like that where we expect the Holy Spirit to respond in a certain way. And the thing I love about that story is, is, is Dave Taylor is a man, some of you know him, he's a man that on a, on a daily basis has to live and walk in faith for God to provide for the door and different situations. Um, so he's not foreign to unexpected uh, ways, but... It's amazing because God, in, in his unique way, even surprises him who walks through that daily. And, and I challenge us that we all have a, a response and expectation, but yet as we see God move, we have a love and appreciation for how unique he is to move in different situations. We talked about in that video called responding to the Holy Spirit. We started with receiving from the Holy Spirit. Now we're looking at responding to the Holy Spirit. This is actually where uh, there's some 
something on our end, or a responsibility on our end. Let's look at this scripture here. Responding to the Holy Spirit, scripture of Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, this is a scripture here again that we talk quite often about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. The, the word used for Holy Spirit here is pneumatos. And it's different than what we read earlier from the, for the advocate. It's not a different spirit. It's a different function. The function of the advocate is, is just that, to be a supporter, to be a champion, to be one who is uh, comforting to the believer. This here, it actually talks about uh, the, the word used here, you will receive power. That word actually in the Greek is, is dunamis. And what is dunamis? It, it, dunamis is such power that we get the word dynamite from that power. Dunamis or power is something significant and it's given for a purpose not to just sit back and enjoy. Never in, in scripture or in life is power given without a purpose. I mean, if I would take one of these, these high-powered lights. There's a tremendous amount of intensity in that light. But if I disconnect that from the power, from the source, it is nothing but a huge paperweight. So power here is what allows us to be what God has called us to be because of our connection to the Holy Spirit. All power must come from a source. No matter what you have or what you do, uh, you may think that, okay, I have in my ability the skills to accomplish such and such. But the reality of it is there, there has to be a source of that power, has to be a source of that authority, because it, it, if you just take what you can do and what you can, uh, skills that you have, you're, you're always going to be limited to the fullness or full potential of what God wants to do. Now, I know many of you are thinking, what in the world does he have this big thing of iced tea sitting up here for? Uh, I knew I'd get a little thirsty during the sermon, so I figured I'd get stocked up. Let me just, just touch on this again. Speaking in tongues is a resource, is, is part of the resource of the Holy Spirit, but not the totality of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is indeed a resource. Now let me just show you something here. Um, this glass, this clear glass, is us. A vessel. This is a person. And this ice cube right here, each of these ice cubes represent our experiences. So this one right here, let's say when we were five years old, um, we had a, a situation in, in our family where my, my, my father left my mother. And that impacted me. And, and these, these are just hypotheticals. These aren't actual stories of my life, um, in case you're wondering. But let's say that, that someone's father left their mother as a, as a child. And it tremendously had an impact, as it does. But it had an impact on you. So that experience is, is part of who you are. Okay? Then, then, then um, maybe you were, you were 12 years old, and you were part of the, the all-star basketball team in your school, and you won the championship. And that experience just had such delight and joy in your heart that you remember it for the rest of your life. That's a great thing. That's a great 
opportunity. So that experience is part of who you are. So we look at, here again, us as the vessel, and we have a couple experiences in our life. And we can, we can keep going. We can say, okay, maybe when I, was, when I was 14 years old, I had a situation where my heart was broken. You know, I thought I loved this kid, and, and, and we were getting to know each other. Next thing I know, she's talking to some other kid and interested in him, and, and I just poured my whole life, 14 years of it, up to that point, um, out to this girl, and, and she just kind of left me hanging, and, and I'm heartbroken and hurt. And, and even as a 14-year-old, it can be devastating. So that heartbreak is, is part of my experience. And then, then maybe when in my, in my 20s, um, I had a, had a situation where I was part of a, a, a college opportunity that I became part of a, a college club or one of the uh, sororities or fraternities, and, and just that experience and building relationships was such a, a wonderful time that I, I've had those friends forever, and that experience of college has, has made an impact on who I am today. That experience is a good experience. It's also part of who we are. So right now, this, this little example here is we have a variety of things that make up who we are. Um, and sometimes we think, okay, whenever I, whenever I respond to the Holy Spirit and, and need to allow the Holy Spirit, I need to, I need to get rid of all that stuff. I, not, I need to not let anything from my past impact where I'm going, good and or bad. You know, we, we kind of let the good in there, but we always try to, to suppress all the negative things that's happened to us. And listen, you, you need to understand that we can, we can allow the Holy Spirit to uh, diminish the impact things from our past has on us, but we're not going to truly fully forget it. Matter of fact, what we need to do is understand what God wants to do through some of those experiences. So, we, we want to empty ourselves of everything. You know, we, we even sing songs, you know, more of you, less of me. And, and our mentality is I just, I need to get rid of anything else in my life that, that has been part of who I am. But the interesting thing is, you know, rather than a few little ice cubes, the reality of it is who we are looks a little more like this. All right, so we have a, an abundance of issues and experiences, and, and it's tough to get all this ice in there, but we, we think that who we are, um, this is more the reality, that we're full of, we're full of issues, we're full of victories, we're full of disappointments, we're full of happiness, and you can put kids in there, and you can put marriage in there, and sometimes uh, we have divorce in, in, in the church as well as outside the church. All those things make up part of who we are. So I look at this glass, and okay, this glass is pretty much full of experiences. It's full of ice, full of different opportunities, different things that we've done in our life. And sometimes we look at this, I'm just, I'm just a mess. I got good, I got bad, I got ugly, I got, I got all this stuff in my life. How can God use me? And so I, I want to use this as an example, you know, I think about this, have you ever been to, uh, not to throw anybody under the bus, but have you ever been to McDonald's and, and you, you want uh, an iced tea and they fill the cup up full of ice before they ever put anything in it, okay? So that's what, that's what this is. This is full of ice before anything gets put in it. And, and just like when we go to McDonald's, we think of, um, you know, I better get this 
before it melts and somebody slips and we get sued. But here's the reality. If we understand that you and I are made up of multiple experiences, and we recognize that the Holy Spirit is our source, this sweet tea, just like the sweet spirit, is a representation of the Holy Spirit in our life. So I'm going to fill this up. And what the Spirit does, the Spirit comes in and takes all of our mess and uses it for his purpose. It's not that we need to empty ourselves of our experiences. It's not that we need to remove ourselves of good, bad, or indifferent situations. But what we do is say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm a mess, but I'm a willing mess. And I am willing for you to use me. When we look at the, the very first, uh, the disciples in the early church, many of them had issues. But Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, did miraculous things through them that turned the world upside down. And you and I have that same spirit, that same opportunity to take our mess and allow the Holy Spirit to infiltrate all that we are, and he can use it for mighty things and mighty purposes. Excuse me. That's good. Now, let's take a look at this. It's a little less than half full now because of all the ice, because of all my experiences. So I did respond to the Holy Spirit, and, and he's moving in my life, but it's, it's a challenge, and I still, have, I still have challenges. I feel God's telling me to do something, but because of my inexperience or because of my history, because of what I failed at in life, it's hard for me to, to keep going. So here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit isn't a one-time deal. Whenever I am moving and responding and use, utilizing the Holy Spirit to do what he's called me to do, there will be times that, that, that I will be in part drained of what he has poured out. Does that mean that, it's, that I'm done? That mean I have one job and then I'm done? Absolutely not. Because the Holy Spirit has lots more. So I just come back, say thank you, Jesus, for a never-ending resource. That's good stuff. You should have some. Now, this scripture, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. What my example here is a little bit of, it's about what, what he is doing in and through me. But if that's the end of the allowance of the Holy Spirit, here again, it's incomplete. Because right there it tells us, the scripture tells us, you will be my witnesses throughout the world. The, the Bible says in Mark, go into the whole world and preach the good news, preach the gospel, and be my witnesses. So if we look at the totality of our role through the Holy Spirit, it's much more than just what is done in me and through me. So, 
I need, I need like five volunteers. All right, Jen, come on up. Come on up. DJ, come on up. That's one, two, three. Come on. All right, Ben, come on up. DJ. Now, what am I doing here? If you follow the illustration, I'm taking what I've received and giving it to others. I'm not keeping this for myself. Well, Troy, you know that, what does that mean? Is it all about you? Absolutely not. If we understand what the role of the Holy Spirit is, you guys, once you get it, you can go, you can go sit down. You don't need to. Once, um, if I keep this to myself, and only to myself, then I'm very limited in what I can do. Just like Jesus says, I must go, and I'll send someone else. And, and Jesus also says, you will do even greater things. Thank you, Ben. You will do even greater things than I have done, because Jesus goes to the Father. So, in the same way, if we are to do the fullness of what Jesus expects of us and asks of us, it must be more than just what we can do on our own. Thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy that. Have a seat. See, now you know, know whenever I ask for volunteers, it might be a good thing. So, whenever we are sent out and, and the Holy Spirit takes us and uses us to minister not only in us and in our family, and the Holy Spirit does that. He's a comforter. If you have situations in your life that you feel that there's just no hope, there's no peace, there's no, there's no joy. There's only one that can provide that comfort and peace and joy. The Holy Spirit, through Jesus, the Holy Spirit enables you to have that joy and peace and comfort in your life. And he's a never-ending resource. Never-ending resource. Don't feel the experiences you had when you first uh, got saved, that, that's not going to be the pinnacle of what God does through you. That's just the beginning of what God does through you. But sometimes we look at our experiences like, man, that was so good, and God moved in such a mighty way that we think nothing is going to be as good as that. But if we always have that mentality, we are limiting the, the fullness of what God wants to do. Remember, there's lots and lots of resources for the Holy Spirit to continue to move in your life and my life. Now, now DJ, okay, that's all right. DJ's pretty much empty. Now, DJ can come to me and say, I'm empty. And I can encourage him and build him up and love on him and say, you can do it. But the real accurate way, biblically, I'll say, DJ, come here. Take yourself. This right here is the Holy Spirit. I don't need to give you the Holy Spirit at this point. You understand, you've enjoyed it, 
So now you can go to the same resource that I go to if you want more. Do you want more? <laughs> now, go ahead and have a seat. What's the, what's the meaning of this? Sometimes we look at in discipleship and we, and we want to build people up and encourage people, but there's also something that, that sometimes that we feel, okay, we, we become the, uh, in being a mentor or uh, someone who disciples, we become their codependent source. But the reality of it is we just point them to Jesus. We can start them. We can direct them. We can give them counsel. But we aren't their Holy Spirit. Too many times the body of Christ want someone to be their Holy Spirit. They want the pastor. They want the prophet. They want this elder. They want them to be the Holy Spirit to give them direction in life. The reality of it is each of us, each of us have the same opportunity to go to God, to receive from that same resource that is full and available. Now, as I, as I kind of wrap up, I'll ask the team to come on up. Let me just say this. The Holy Spirit in my life, the Holy Spirit in your life, is something that we always need to recognize as that which allows us to make a difference in our decisions make a difference in, in the decisions of, of others, influencing them. And I would even, I would even say that the, the experiences of the Holy Spirit change who we are on the inside, which can change what we do on the outside. And when we do that, when we recognize that, we will impact lives impact cities, impact jobs, because it's not about me, it's not about what I can do. And let me just say that this doesn't mean that anybody who's received the Holy Spirit, that life is, is grand. I personally have been saved, I can't even tell you the day, because I think I came out of the womb and my mom prayed the prayer of salvation over me because I, I don't have a date. But I will say this, that I remember at about 17 years old uh, when I received what we refer to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. It was not during a service. It was not during someone laying hands on me. It was actually during a Christmas musical production. I'm singing as part of the choir and the Holy Spirit like, bam. And that was my experience. Sometimes that we feel like, you know, I, I failed the Holy Spirit because I didn't get it the way that, that this person got it. Or when they prayed it, I didn't get it. But let me just say that when the, when the Bible talks about speaking in tongues, I look at that more as a starting point to be empowered to do what he's called you to do. In, in Acts 2.4, when it says that they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, then we see what happened in, in the, the verses after that. We see God moving in mighty ways after that experience. That experience wasn't the pinnacle. That experience wasn't the, the climax of their spiritual time. It was the beginning. But it also is something that launches you into what God has called you to do. 
The Bible tells us that when, when we speak in tongues or when we pray in the Spirit, my spirit is, is edified, but my mind is not. What does that mean? That there is, a, there is a place that you can build up your spirit even though you're not understanding the totality of what is going on. There is a place to build up your spirit, but you also need to edify your mind with understanding through the word, through words of encouragement. Those are, those are equal in, in necessity in our life for the, the fullness. But even in that, even in a full life of, of a wonderful Christian home, a wonderful Christian environment, there are times in my life that I've questioned all of this. I'm just going to be kind of candid for you a little bit. There are times that I will say and I have said, I believe this, the Bible says it. You know, there's a, there's a phrase that I remember hearing, you know, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. That's a great little cliche until you're really challenged personally with, with a situation in your life. Personally. Many of you know that uh, Kelly and I have our son Parker. He's four years old now. A miracle of God and a blessing of God. Uh, now our other son, the, the miracle and blessing, you know. See in here? He, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Both of my children are truly miracles and blessings of God. And, and I want to say this. There was a time between Jackson and Parker, about seven years, that we sought God for a second child. We sought God. We prayed. We desired, read the Bible, felt that we were, we were doing what we felt that we were called to do. We were just not seeing the result. And here, as a, as a pastor, as a, as a man on staff of a church, as someone who's been saved and filled with the Spirit for many, many, many years, I came to a point of questioning all of it. But here's the cool thing. God can handle that. God can handle whenever you're questioning things. Now, I will say this. If, if questioning something turns into doubt, turns into unbelief, turns into bitterness, we have issues. You have issues. But just because you don't understand something and because you don't see the exact result the way you expect it, because you've waited year after year after year for something, that doesn't mean that God isn't responding. And just because you're questioning God, I don't get it, that doesn't mean he's left you. Seven years we desired for a, a baby. Eventually, as many of you know, it, it did occur and, and um, so blessed. But there was a time, and some of you that may know me personally know during that time, there was things that in me personally, I'm like, man, you pray the prayer of faith. You pray, pray the words of Scripture. You, you, you do these things that everyone says, here's what you need to do. And someone speaks a prophetic word over you, and here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to respond, and here's what you need to do. You know when you, when you listen to all those things and you still don't get anywhere, you start to say, what am I doing wrong? What's up? In those moments, let me just challenge you. 
in those moments when your cup is empty, we still got to go to the resource. It's not always easy. And we got all this still left, all this mess, all this insecurity and uncertainty and all this stuff that we still have in our lives. But God, through the Holy Spirit, can take all of that and through the Holy Spirit move in such a way that it gives us a hope, it gives us a peace, it gives us a joy in the midst of turmoil. And then we can in turn respond to the Holy Spirit to impact the lives of those around us. When the, that verse said, you be my witnesses, well, for you to be a witness, you've got to be plugged into the source for you to be used in a variety of ways. And I promise you, the more you're used, the more you'll be drained, and you need to get refilled and reconnected. And I know as, as a, for years that we've heard a thing, you know, I, I'm overflowing. Just do it out of the overflow. But let me say this. If your overflow doesn't begin to uh, be used to send out to others, then you're just, you're just making a mess. If I would turn this on and just keep filling this cup up and just let it flow and flow and flow and flow and not do anything with it, it's just going to make a mess. But the purpose of having all of this and this as a resource is I can take those cups and I can say, here, God wants to do this in you. Now it's time for you as you've been discipled, as you've been mentored, as you've been encouraged, it's time for you to take this and go out and touch someone else's life. And don't try to wait till you get all the stuff out. God will take your mess. God will take you full of ice cubes. And let me just, let's go back to the McDonald's illustration real quick. If you go through the drive-thru at McDonald's, if you go through the drive-thru and they fill your cup full of ice, when you get tea, it's frustrating. Because you go home and you just have a little bit and you're done. But if you reside in McDonald's, <laughs> if you reside there and you get a cup full of ice, there's no issues because when, you're, when it's empty, what do you do? You go fill it up again and again and again. And if their container runs out, they got more. The mentality of this is when we reside in the presence of the Holy Spirit, Throughout our days, throughout our weeks, we can always go back to the source, always go back to Jesus. If we look at the Holy Spirit in Jesus as a drive-through, let me just let me just put it put it simple. If we only connect with Jesus on Sunday, we're going to get empty real fast before we're even finished with lunch. But if we reside in that atmosphere, we can constantly enjoy the Spirit in what He's doing in and through, and through you and I. Do you believe it? Now, as a response today, I'm going to challenge you. We, we heard about receiving from the Holy Spirit and responding to the Holy Spirit. My challenge to you today is, is in a moment I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray over you. Do you want to be used by the Holy Spirit to impact lives of those around you? 
If you do, raise your hand. All right, keep them up. Father God, right now, Lord, as this public demonstration of those who desire to be used by you, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, opportunities will arise. Interrupt our schedule. Interrupt our agenda with opportunities to be moved by the Holy Spirit to touch and impact lives around us. And I pray, Father God, that we don't miss those because of our busyness. I pray, Father, that you will protect our minds and our hearts, that the enemy will not come in and say, well, you can't do that because you failed at this. You can't do that because of what you said last week. Lord, I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit to just infiltrate each person here. Overwhelm them as, as, as they go throughout their days and weeks. That, Father God, that you will just allow your spirit to rise up even in the midst of their mess, that you can fill them and use them to bring joy, to bring hope, to bring salvation, to bring healing, to bring whatever it is that you desire to do in lives of those around us, Lord. I pray today that opportunities arise. And we expect and look forward to hearing testimonies of what you've done as we respond. And Lord, I pray that as, as the, the word tells us that we will have boldness in and power. I pray that we will not be intimidated because of maybe someone's education or someone's philosophy or someone's opinion on something, but we will allow through the Holy Spirit to minister to lives in whatever way necessary. Give us the tools to do so, Lord. Even if we don't have the education or understanding, give us supernaturally the tools and resources because we go to you to accomplish all you want us to do, even today even tomorrow at work or in our homes. Thank you, Father God. You are the way maker. You are the one that brings about uh, situations that can be changed through the obedience of your people. So Lord, I pray for those opportunities, supernatural, divine appointments this week. Over each person who raised their hand today, Lord, just touch them. Even now, with courage, boldness, through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.